This message is sponsored by M1 Finance. I know that a lot of young people associate investing with finance bros who aggressively explain crypto in an attempt to get your attention. The worst part is that it seems like a lot of financial institutions make it purposefully difficult to begin investing unless you happen to be named Chad or Brad. So it's easy to feel behind when it comes to investing. That's why I recommend M1 Finance. It's a finance platform that you can tailor to your needs with just a few taps of your finger, which is the only way I do anything. M1 makes investing easier and more automated, so you can start growing your money without spending endless hours setting it up or managing it. We should all be trying to reach our long-term financial goals, and getting stock market advice at Stone Street Bars just isn't going to cut it. Lucky for you, M1 gives you all the tools you need to grow your wealth in one place and doesn't charge any management fees. You can build the portfolio you want or use one of their curated expert pies so you can get started quick. Plus, you can invest how you want. You can even schedule your deposits ahead of time, so you won't need to babysit your account. Just head to m1finance.com money to get started. M, the letter one, finance.com money. Just keep in mind that investing does involve risk. Charmed, welcome back to Let Me Ruin Your Life with Serena Shahidi. Hello, my fellow girlies and broads. How is everyone? I'm doing fabulously. I'm drinking kombucha out of a champagne flute because I'm trying to drink less. I'm trying to drink like last nights, and I realized that a lot of the appeal of alcohol for me, a shocker for anyone who knows anything about me, really, you guys aren't going to believe this, but uh, a lot of the appeal was in just the drama, you know, the cinematic qualities of drinking something out of a glass like a champagne flute or a martini glass so now I'm just drinking like healthy things out of a champagne flute all day probably concerning for people who I have like meetings with over video but you know what gotta keep everyone on their toes gotta keep everyone thinking should I check Serena into Promises Malibu you really have to people have to think about you whether or not that means that they're concerned for your health anything anything this is like my third time recording this episode. It's been wildly different each time because this is a solo episode and I'm going to do a little bit of my, um, excuse me, street noise. I'm going to do uh, a little bit of getting back to my origins as an advice columnist, really. But I'm also going to talk a bit about current events and uh, my life. I mean, same thing. Come on. We all see the news. Daily Mail. That's me, baby. Uh, so it's varied in subject matter very much each time. The first time, there was some insane street noise. I have no idea what was happening in the background there. It sounded like a lifeguard whistle uh, along with a traffic jam. And then like the second half of that episode, I tried to... The second half of that episode, I tried to pull the microphone closer to my mouth. And it was so close to my mouth that you could just hear like... It was disgusting. And then the second time I spent the majority of the episode telling and then proceeding to repeatedly refer to a story that I afterwards proceeded to realize that I could not tell 
without consequences, shall we say. I won't get into it because that's like the same thing as telling it. But hello, everyone. Solo episode. Just me. Just me and my champagne flute. Oh, I forgot I wanted to... I wanted to light a candle. I've been into candles lately. Where's my lighter? Here she is. I've been into candles lately, like scented candles and essential oils and all those sorts of like white woman self-care things that corporate infographics uh, tell you that in this in this day and age, in this stressful, unprecedented time, if you don't buy those things, you'll end up killing yourself, which I'm starting to believe is true. Uh, I've been enjoying scented candles, really just... Shopping at TJ Maxx has been my newest coping mechanism. TJ Maxx is such a, it's such a mind altering and mind expanding place, right? You walk into TJ Maxx and you're like, I didn't, I didn't realize or I forgot that there were so many things in this world. I forgot that there were so many objects to be purchased and, and products. This is so incredibly exciting for me. And I am going to buy skinny girl syrup. I am going to buy uh, those masks that you put on your feet and they make the skin peel off. Yes, I did purchase that. That's just where my life is at the moment. I, I'm living a Maxinista lifestyle. This is, it's not a phase. Anyway, I have a bit of a life update. This isn't a life update. This is literally just something that happened to me last night, but significant. As we said, current events. This is a current event. I went to a bar with a couple friends last night and I ran into somebody who has previously made a guest appearance in the Serena Cinematic Universe. First of all, so I went to see a movie with Tess and Salem, my friends, Tess, Tessie, my bestie, Tess, Tessie, my bestie, hmm. And my and our friend Salem, it was just their birthday, so we wanted to celebrate that a bit. We went to see The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I believe that it, that's what it's called. Great movie. If you want to see a movie in theaters, I won't spoil anything, um, especially if you're not familiar with the story of Tammy Faye, but she was like a, a televangelist. I believe that's what it's called. The people who yell about God on some sketchy TV channel and then they always end up like laundering money uh which isn't even a spoiler because that's what happens with all of them Andrew Garfield plays her husband in the movie who is very sexy I love Andrew Garfield because of the social network I have no idea I know he played some superhero don't know don't want to know don't care I find all of that stuff deeply deeply disturbing I think it's disgusting yeah he's very hot and sexy the whatever was used to age them in the movie, uh, whatever like prosthetics or makeup or CGI, I assume some combination of those, it went crazy. Like it really, I've never seen more realistic aging in a movie. They made Andrew Garfield look like he had alcoholic bloat. It was gorgeous. Still sexy. Still sexy. So I went there with Tess and Salem. And afterwards, we were going to go to a gay bar. We were going to go to one of those, one of those like new gay bars. They are all named, every new gay bar is named like a goop product. It's always called like revitalize or glow or like nourish, refresh, something like that. It's all, it all sounds like, 
pseudoscience skincare products. Uh, so we were going to go to one of those types of bars and it ended up being closed. So we went to like an Irish sports pub instead. Um, a bit uncharacteristic of us. We ended up being like the only ones there who were drinking the frozen drinks. Not a problem. Not a problem whatsoever. But of course we decide the, the night can't end on that note. The night's still young. We can't end it at an Irish sports pub. So we decide to go a bit uptown to a hotel bar. And we get there. We're kind of lingering around the bar with our Proseccos. There's, we did very much look like an odd crowd, the three of us. I was wearing like a, a 1940s housewife in training getup. I was wearing like a more conservative than I normally wear v-neck long sleeve dress belted with like white kids. I really I looked like a 14 year old a mid-century 14 year old um Tess is wearing cowboy boots and a t-shirt that says sex with you sucks in big bold graphic black letters uh Salem is in Rick Owens which they reminded us of repeatedly looking as always like a high-end Halloween skeleton looks like a bit of an odd crowd at this hotel bar that's very much, I don't know, a lot of old, depressed finance guys. We end up, uh, we end up talking to this, like, older private equity guy sitting next to us, who, by the way, like, the whole time I was like, he looks like a televangelist. Like, he looks like, he just looks like he would yell at someone about Jesus while they pretended to get cured by cancer. They really did. Like, big guy, toupee, pretty sure. Pretty sure. Talking very, very fast about, like, his ex-wife and uh, the new property he just bought. And uh, I get stuck talking to him, like, in particular, at one point. He's telling me about his cat, who is very cute. I really, I enjoyed his, his love for his cat. I thought that was very touching. Very alpha male quality to be in love with your cat. He goes, like... He's talking about like, oh, I I love cocaine. I'm a big fan of cocaine. I'm like, buddy, I can tell. Could have taken a shot in the dark with all I know about you at this point in time. Could have guessed that you like cocaine. But uh, thank you for sharing. I love that we're speaking our truth. That's gorgeous. You have a cat you love. You have cocaine you love. Look at you. Love it. Love it. Obsessed. So at one point, Tess turns to our right and is like, oh my god, that's that's the guy. Wait, that's the guy. And I'm like, what guy? There's so, so many in my life, famously. And I look that way, and it is an older, uh, what's the what's the polite word? Homely? Can you say that? I've only ever heard that word associated with women. Can I call a man homely? I am. Fighting toxic masculinity one waspy insult at a time. It's an older, homely guy who looks insanely familiar. And I'm like, wait, 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 what do you mean? Like, what? who's that guy? Where do I know him? I know him. I know I know him. And she says that she is the one who showed up on the double date with me and Tess and his friend and left like five minutes later. And if you haven't heard the story in question, it was a couple episodes back. Long story short, Tess went on a date with a guy that she met on the train 
turned out to be a total, uh, first of all, huge mask fish, criminal mask fish, much older and um, more questionable looking than he seemed and also married, it turns out, uh, as, as luck would have it. And she ended up inviting me on the date to make it a double date along with his friend who wanted to like come or hang out with him or whatever. And vroom, vroom. Okay, Charlie XEX. The friend left after a few minutes because he was freaked out because they were like old and we are uh, obviously incredibly, incredibly young. So young. Fertile, really. I don't have to say it, but it's what we're all thinking. So... Yeah, and then her original day was like freaking us out and talking about how Harvey Weinstein didn't do anything wrong and when he went to the bathroom, we literally ran out and like down the block because we thought he was going to kidnap and murder us. So she says, like, that's a dude from the double date that was like your date, Serena. She's talking to me in this situation. He's the friend who left. Famously, he's the friend who left after five minutes. And... I don't know if I mentioned this part in my original telling of the story, but when the friend walked in, I was like, uh, like the first time I ever met him, I was like, I know this man somehow. I know this man somehow. There was no logical reason why I would know him. I mean, nothing in particular. The spots I hang out, it's not unlikely, certainly. But I had like such... A creepy deja vu. You forget, like, a. it's not even like, oh, I've met that person before. I'm like, I feel like they've appeared in my dreams or something. Like, they seem so familiar. It's weird. So when we see this guy at the bar, she's like, it's him. It's a guy from the double date. And I'm like, I don't know, babes. I don't know, babes. I was like, I know I know him from somewhere. I have to know him from somewhere. I know it in my heart and I know it in my soul, but I don't know if it's from that. We only met for a few minutes and I'm like, that was so brief. Like he seems so much more familiar than that. I feel like, I don't know, like he's my dad or something, even though I, I know my dad and uh, lived with him for 18 years. So I try to make eye contact with him several times, several times. He's just not having it. I tell the the cokehead, uh, our new cokehead bestie next to us all about it. We're all trying to catch his attention as kind of a group effort. We're all like Tess is waving at him. I'm like trying to do crazy things. He's trying to chat up the girls next to him. Uh, at one point I go to the bathroom and on my way there, I try to like tap him on the shoulder and say hi. He does not acknowledge me whatsoever. Um... And so eventually he sits down by himself and I'm like, okay, I have to try to talk to this man. Like if he had just waved, I wouldn't have cared because I would have been like, okay, that confirms that it was the dude and I never want to speak to him, obviously. But now I'm like, is, is he from there? Do I know him from somewhere else? Why is he not acknowledging me? So I sit down next to him and I'm like, so weird running into you look at this look at us who would have thought how have you been oh my god it's crazy he looks at me like I'm off my rocker he looks at me like I have absolutely lost it and he's like do I know you 
So at this point, okay, keep in mind, I am still like 50% sure that this is a guy from the double date. I'm still very unsure. What you have to understand in the story is that he is the whitest man in the world. In the world. If he was a crook, right, and I had to pick him out in a police lineup... I wouldn't know what to do. I would be like, this is just every every MD at Goldman Sachs. I don't know how to distinguish him from anyone else. I wouldn't know how to distinguish him from literally like any given Republican senator. That's just the look he's working with. That's what he's rocking. So uh, when I'm talking to him, I'm like, okay, let me go vague. Let me be a bit vague about how I know him or think I know him so that in case I do know him from somewhere else, it makes a little bit more sense, right? I don't have to, I don't seem way more crazy than I already seem by giving him this ultra specific story where we thought we were going to get murdered by his friend, right? So I'm like, all right, let me go vague. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You were with a friend. Don't you remember that? You were with a friend. He doesn't respond. And I don't know how to follow it up. So I go, do you have a friend? I said that. That was the next thing to come out of my mouth. Do you have a friend? You have a friend? Oh, then it must have been you. You have a friend? He had a friend? That's no coincidence. So he's like, yes, I have, I have at least one friend. And I'm like, okay, we've confirmed the friend. We're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Uh, let's go a bit more specific. So I'm like, okay, I was with... My friend, Tess. You know Tess? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know a Tess. I've never seen you before in my life. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's crazy. LOLOL, ha ha ha. So nice to meet you, though. What's your name? This was a smooth move on my part. Um, very, like, James Bond-esque of me. Never seen any of the movies, but I feel like that's what he does um, because I'm hoping he's going to say his name and it's going to be like something distinctive that would confirm or deny who he was. That'll jog my memory or something like that. And he says, I'm serious about I'm so serious about him being the whitest man in the world. He goes, my name is Brett. And I'm like, okay, nice to meet you, Brett. I go to get up. He's like, no, stay. And I'm like, no, I have to have to update the people. So I go back to, up to the bar and I update my new bestie, the coquette. And Tess, who is talking to some like hipster looking dude in Jack Antonoff glasses, I very rudely interrupt. And I'm like, is his name Brett? Is that the dude? Was he Brett? She's like, I don't know. Looks like a Brett, obviously. He really does. So she's like, okay, let me talk to him. Tess leaves me with her drink. And the dude, I quickly realize it's like in entertainment. He's very vague about it, but he's like, you know, in the biz. So I start being like, oh my God, you know what's so crazy? Is that my name is Serena Shahidi and I host a podcast called Let Me Ruin Your Life. And I have over 400,000 TikTok followers. And I love like writing and performing comedy. And I like definitely have some names and like some ideas for a show. Okay, fine. I'll pitch you a few. 
He does not get a single word in, naturally, as he shouldn't. And then Tass comes back over and is like, okay, he remembers now. Brett, his memory has been jogged. So he comes back over and apologizes profusely about not remembering me. And of course, I'm just being like, no, no, it's fine, as if, as if I care. Uh, just for the drama of it all, being like, no, oh, no, it's fine that you, like, remember Tess, but you don't remember me. You don't remember me at all. No, that's fine. That's fine. As if he didn't make, like, a, a cumulative five seconds of eye contact with me uh, in our entire first interaction. But, you know, I wanted to stir up some trouble. I try to get it to end there. Tess, I got so mad at her afterwards because she kept being like, how's your night going, though? And I'm like, please. Don't try to continue a conversation if you're the only one involved who's remotely comfortable having it. All the rest, all the rest of the crew, me, my cokehead bestie, his cat and his ex-wife, Salem, the guy in Jack Antonoff glasses, everyone else, we don't want to hear any of this. We want to leave and never come back. So... Anyway, that was my recent bump in with the double date guy who I will hopefully never see again, even though I still think that he has visited me in my dreams or something. Like, you know, the guy that like apparently everyone sees in their dreams. He looks like Mr. Bean. I feel like that's him for me. I really feel like that's it. It gives me the heebie jeebies. It really, truly does. Happy Halloween. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. I just poured, I just poured my kombucha and saw like the, the kombucha flakes, (laughs) the like texture that's in it. Genuinely such a disgusting drink, but I keep buying them because everyone's like, you have to heal your gut to heal your mental health. And like, it's a probiotic. It's not working. It's not working. And it will never, no amount of probiotics can replace the, the tax on my mental health it takes to drink kombucha and just taste that taste. It's deeply disturbing to me. Moving on, the people, and this is a bit dated by now, but who cares? The people are demanding that I talk about the Met Gala. They are knocking down my door, demanding that I discuss it. And... My primary belief about the Mechella is that I do not care about it as an event or a thing whatsoever. I haven't really cared about it since I like, what was that, like 2018, 2019 when they did the whole Catholic theme? Uh, First of all, I just think it's hilarious that like, you know, it happened to be like the theme was an entire religion. I think that we should do that just with everything like I want to have a themed party for, like, baptism. I think that would be so fun and silly. I don't know. There's something so hilarious about that. Um, And that was the last time I remember, like, genuinely being interested by the looks. What I do respect about the Met Gala is that it's one of the few spaces left where celebrities are just doing their jobs. They're not trying to be relatable on social media. They're not, like, calling their social media managers and asking what the latest TikTok trends are so they can be more popular with teenagers. They're not like, I don't know, on the road with Hillary Clinton, whatever celebrities are doing nowadays. Like, 
there's at least one space where they're not trying to be relatable and just annoying all of us. Like they're just being rich and wearing outfits that designers have chosen for them. And I respect that. I really do. That is what they should be doing. I don't want to hear their opinions. Just wear whatever Tom Ford gives you. There we go. Perfect. Do that. I also don't care. Like my relationship with fashion right now is very much, um, since I famously dropped out of FIT, you know when you have a fresh breakup, you recently like have broken up with someone and your initial reaction is just like, they are the worst person I've ever met. I never want to see them again in my entire life. They are, they have the spirit of the devil living inside of them. I hope to see all of the worst happen to them um, just all at once. I would love to see it, hopefully like on video. Hopefully the world witnesses their downfall because it's what they deserve because they are the devil. And then you wait like two days and you're like, oh, actually, <laughs> I might have been part of the problem. Like maybe they're just like a person and I'm like also a person and maybe I'm also kind of the devil, but maybe it's like kind of chic when I do it. You know, you reached an equilibrium at a certain point. And my relationship with fashion right now is still giving fresh breakup. But I do want to talk about one thing, something about the Mechella that has been talked about to death, probably by like Jordan Peterson. I don't even know. I want to talk about AOC's dress. <laughs> now, if you're not, um, if you're not familiar, AOC wore a dress to the Met Gala that said um, tax the rich in red. And that was like her whole statement. And of course, the irony is obvious, right? Wearing a dress that says tax the rich when you're hobnobbing with the rich. And like people are a bit dramatic about celebrities and like equating them equating wealth with fame and acting like everyone who has a speaking role on some Netflix series that no one watched is a billionaire. But of course, there are going to be many people involved who maybe um, are avoiding their taxes a little bit, unsurprisingly, to be expected. So that's been discussed over and over and over. But I do have some advice for AOC. I have kind of an idea for next year's dress, maybe. And and what I liked about the dress was that it was funny. It's funny to wear like a dress that has something like that on it. Like try to make a statement with a dress when it's clearly more appropriate for a t-shirt. It's just so bizarre to see large text on a dress, especially at the Met Gala. But what I do think of it is that she got the message wrong in Tax the Rich. I don't think that's the right thing to put on a dress or even a t-shirt. Famously, rich people are taxed. You know, not enough, of course, but they are. Sure. And I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. It's kind of a thing that rich people don't love paying taxes. They really don't like it. It's not a fun time for them. Like, they really, they don't even look forward to it. And of course, like regular people with high paying jobs, people make like six figures. They're a lawyer, a doctor, whatever. I'm sure they have a few tax avoidance strategies up their sleeve. Of course, you know, that's cute. It's adorable. But you can tax someone like that to death, right? 
when it's all income and it's all in the books, you can tax all they have. Easy peasy. And maybe you want to tax a lawyer or a doctor to death. Good. That's fine with me. I harbor plenty of resentment towards several doctors and lawyers because of my past relationships. I don't mind. But I feel like what AOC is referring to in making that statement is the people who have just an incomprehensible level of wealth. The people who can and will buy your children and use them as fuel for their private jet. Because there's no use for income taxes when it's, you know, someone who's throwing eyes wide shut parties with the Clintons and sacrificing children with Ellen DeGeneres and then dancing around them in a circle as Ellen did on her show weekly. And I know what you're thinking. Well, do you have a better suggestion for what she should say instead of tax the rich? Of course I do. Of course I do. Are you kidding me? Income taxes are useless, right? No one makes an income anymore. What is it, the 80s? No one makes an income anymore. Everyone nowadays either has an eight-figure trust fund or has no money at all. Everyone is either an heiress or has to start a GoFundMe to go to Trader Joe's, right? Income is for the birds. Income is over. Income is just out of trend, obsolete. What I propose to tax the rich, assuming that what AOC is going for is an income tax, I propose a sales tax. Instead of tax the rich, it's tax shit rich people like. My strategy, just smack a giant sales tax on fine wine, foie gras, Golf clubs, long-ass tables, tablecloths for long-ass tables, uh, like designer plates. No regular person is like, you know what? My income that I live off of, like paycheck to paycheck, might splurge this week. You know what it's going to be on? It's going to be on a plate. No regular person does that. If someone's buying, like, nice plates, that's who you want to be taxing. First edition books that they've never read, right? Art, obviously. Rehab. I mean, with the prices that rich people pay to go to rehab, I wouldn't be surprised if they're already doing this in some way. I feel like our military budget is paid for, like, we just get a portion of what promises gets. And that's, that's how we finance the military. I shouldn't give the government any ideas. I really shouldn't. But that is my proposal. Instead of tax the rich, tax shit rich people like. Put me in Congress. What are we doing? Why am I not there? I would do so well in Congress. I used to want to be a politician when I was in high school. And then I realized that I just was like into skirt suits at the time. Next current event is... I think one person asked me to talk about this and I was like, you don't have to tell me twice. I'm so excited. Let's talk about the activist, shall we? Now, if you aren't already aware of what the activist was slash is, get ready for this because it's simply incredible. So this is a description from uh, an NPR article. Or this is like what happened. I guess it's kind of a description of the show. Okay. 
CBS thought it had a win when it announced The Activist, a reality show where six contestants would compete in a variety of activism-themed contests. What is an activism-themed contest? Just getting, like, pepper sprayed? Like how cops, you know how cops, I think in like first grade, police officers like showed up to my class and were telling us all about being a cop. Love the South. Love the education we get. Uh, That and abstinence. And they were talking about how like they have to get tased as a part of their training to know what it feels like. I think that might be an activism themed contest. Who can handle a tasing the best? Competing in a variety of contests before appearing at a summit of world leaders in Italy, a format that press materials called awe-inspiring, groundbreaking, and sure to inspire real change. No kidding. But in the weeks since the network's announcement, backlash has come from all corners, including an apology from one of the program's own hosts. Now, the show's producers have announced they they will dramatically reformat the show, dropping the competitive elements to become a one-time documentary special rather than a five-episode series. So it also mentions in the article that part of the backlash came from uh, Jamila Jamil. Girl. Girl, come on. This is why I hate celebrities. Because you know she's just mad she wasn't invited on as a host. She is the first celebrity that I would imagine hosting that show. Are you kidding me? It would be like her, Lena Dunham, obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and um, I mean, Chrissy Teigen, I'm sure. I'm sure. She weasels her way into everything, that evil witch. So I'm not going to bother reading the apologies right now because they are exactly what you would expect as much as I wish like celebrity and network apologies were entertaining because that would be like my number one source of media. I would just read those like books like that would be incredible. But no, they're all like exactly what you would expect. I could make I don't even fully know what AI is. I could make AI that writes celebrity apologies. That's how formulaic they are. They just include the same phrases. We got it wrong. We got it wrong. Girl, how many people got it wrong? Do tell. I would love to list out all the people who were involved in this process and didn't push back. List out everyone who made this show in its original format a reality. I want to know exactly who got it wrong. I would love to know. So it, it, it's unclear from that one article, and I'm not going to read a second one, obviously, if that show was actually filmed in its original format. I have to say right now, if it was, if anyone listening was involved in it in any way, if you have like footage from a Zoom call, maybe you were one of the activists, one can only hope, one can only aspire to be such a thing. Leak that shit. Leak it right now. I have to see it. I have to see the activist in its original format. I will go to the sketchiest streaming website to see it. Whatever like one, two, three movies but it's not even one, two, three movies. It's like one dot two, four movies is spelled with like a 13 instead of an IE 
where like if you want to pause it, you have to press pause and then exit out of a porn ad, press pause, exit out of a porn ad, press pause, exit out of a porn ad, press pause, exit out of a porn ad. And then finally it lets you pause. I will go to that site to watch it. I will do anything. I am more than willing to get a virus on my computer in order to see Priyanka Chopra Jonas tell someone that their climate change protest just didn't land. I, it sounds incredible. What was the problem? I don't see the issue. It sounds so good. In many ways, I feel like something, sometimes things like that are like a necessary evil in terms of entertainment. Not exactly necessary, more, more evil than necessary, but just to have this like big, glimmering, on fire example of how horrific this world and these people are. Like we have to know what people like that think about activism. They literally think that dipping one of their perfectly manicured little toesies into the waters of activism is the same thing as like starting a music career coming out with a debut single. They thought that they were making like the woke version of The Voice. They saw no difference. They were ready to get on those chairs and press that button and turn around for whichever person had the most aesthetically pleasing infographic for how many people have died of COVID. It's giving let them eat cake for sure even though that wasn't a real quote and I'm a Marie Antoinette apologist. But still, you know, you understand the story. You understand what I'm getting at. The statements, of course, are god-awful. I feel like they're the most evil part of this whole thing. The whole, like, this was a mistake. We missed the mark. We did not communicate this effectively. Activism is not a competition. Because it's like, you have to be so clinically narcissistic to look at something like this and be like this is just like a little mistake a little bumpity bump in my roadie road that people can just forgive me for once I apologize and move on and it's like this is not a mistake at all girl this is it was perfect it was perfect you killed it this is an incredible just a fantastic example of exactly who you are this was entirely accurate in terms of how you feel about activism. This was no mistake, girl. With the amount of people it had to go through, not a mistake at all. Like, no one's criticizing you being like, Ugh, you should have... I mean, I guess people are saying this, but no one should be like, you should have thought more about that. Because it's like, they did. They thought about it a lot. That is who they are. That is literally, like, that is their best in terms of activism. That's the best they could do to shed light on whatever issues were being addressed. Honestly, I would respect it more if they were just like, we're not canceling this. We want to make a show that exploits people's efforts to help their community that exploits human empathy for, for profit, which is just, you know, a tradition. We want to see who can get the most likes on their thoughts and prayers tweet because it's funny. 
and we're insane. And that's the point. There's no use in making it a documentary. What does that even mean? A documentary about young activists? Uh, we already know. <laughs> Such a Hollywood thing to be like, did you know that there are young people trying to help with the issues in their community? Yeah, girl. <laughs> what? What do you mean? But imagine, imagine the potential of uh, the original format of that show. Imagine the potential of the activist. I propose, and I should have pitched this for the guy with Jack Antonoff glasses, God damn it. I propose we put a too hot to handle spin on it where they cast only the most hottest and sexiest activists and are like, you guys will be sharing twin beds and doing ecstasy or Molly. I don't know which one is like, it sexes you up. I'm not a euphoria cast member, sue me. But for every a physical or sexual interaction that you have with each other, we will be taking $10,000 off of our donation to Planned Parenthood. How good would that be? Would you not tune in? I can save this channel. We could also do another, um, another element that could be added is like have these activists who, you know, are striving for progress and for education and reform. And when they're, you know, giggling with each other, hobnobbing for the first time, introducing each other, I mean, introducing themselves, eating hors d'oeuvres, whatever they do. Let's have Candace Owens walk in as the last contestant. Shake things up a bit. How about that? We could also take more of a fear factor angle and whatever someone's cause is, you could like make the vegan activist eat meat, obviously easy one, throw away, please. You can make the environmental activist like say you have to sell an NFT while drinking iced coffee out of a plastic straw or else you're going home this week, right? Take the gun control activist to a shooting range. I mean, you would go so many angles with this. CVS, contact me. I can make you legendary. I know I said I should be in Congress, but, you know, I can balance the two. I can be the creator of the activist, vote on some bills, easy peasy. We need juicier reality TV now. Because the problem is, like, everything's competing with true crime now. Every show now is about true crime. How can you beat that? You can't beat murder. You can't beat real life murder unless it's reality TV show murder, which is, that could be a whole other show. I've never seen, um, what is it? How to get away with murder. But I think it's like a serious dramatic show. Maybe they want to do a fun little reality spinoff. Who can get away with murder? Neve and Max from Catfish. I don't know what Max is doing now. Um, hopefully we can get him because he is sexy. He's the silver fox. You know, get that for the ratings. I can drive around and look for the bodies of like whoever the contestants killed. They can like reverse Google image search all of the contestants because that's the extent to the research that they did on catfish like 
I'm a genius. I, I will give it to the activist. Hilarious idea. Hilarious idea, undeniably. But I could do you one better. Contact me. Okay, admittedly, I did talk for too long to do to answer all of uh, your advice questions that I wanted to answer. So I think I'm only going to get to like one or two. But I did write down the other ones that I was going to answer and wrote down bullet points for them. So I will be addressing them in a further, at a further day, in a, in a later episode, both, all of the above. Because obviously I can't waste that emotional labor. I labored over those. And I was tortured over them, tossing and turning at night. But I love this question because this is truly the struggle of my life. Someone wants me to talk about having to deal with boring daily tasks like doing dishes when you're a silly, glamorous girl and shouldn't have to be doing any of that in the first place. Ugh. Is that not just the story of all of our lives? It truly pains me to have to, like, run errands and do chores. This is why I'm like, I have to be rich and famous. There's no other option. I can't keep carrying things. I'm sick of it. It's terrible. What have I gained from carrying things? Absolutely nothing. I've only lost. I've only lost. First of all, take your, like, pen take your like clueless pen you know the one in clueless with like the feather uh boa puff at the top write down all these like boring daily tasks that you have to do and like how often you have to do them how long they take and add them to your google calendar so that it's like scheduled in this is like something i'm getting better at is like actually scheduling things and not just like having the dishes in the back of my mind all day and then forgetting to do them and then going to bed with dishes on my mind and having a night terror about Dawn dish soap. So have them scheduled, right? Put them in Notion, put them in Google Calendar, whatever your uh, organizational drug of choice is. Evernote, can you schedule there? Probably. Apple Reminders, I hate the Apple Reminders app. It's horrible. Am I wrong? I've never discussed this with anyone. Maybe I'll be persecuted for this opinion. I hate the Apple Reminders app. It's like a pain in the... the, You have to, like, delete the reminders to get them to stop showing up every time you restart your phone. You can't just check them off and forget about them. It's going to keep you remind... It'll keep remind... I'm getting too passionate. It'll keep reminding you of things you've already done. The past is the past, Apple. I don't know what to tell you. And it only does recurring reminders for, like, once a day. Apple, you don't know who I am. I need a reminder going off, like, every five minutes. That's the type of broad I am, quite frankly. So do that. I'll also say, in terms of chores and tasks and these horrible things, have a line in terms of just things you don't do. Have a line that you don't cross. Something you know that you will not do yourself, you have not done yourself, and you're just going to have to, like, outsource it. You might have to, like, you know, hire an accountant so you don't have to do your own taxes. You might have to text one of your suitors. Be like, you know what? You know what would be such a fun date idea? 
helping me move into my new apartment. I love, I love seeing a man do manual labor, as is, you know, aptly named manual labor, getting all sweaty and hot and sexy, carrying those boxes. Use that strategy, you'll really never have to do anything again. You can just be totally passive in your life. Personally, I mean, I don't, I don't grocery shop in person unless it's only for a couple things. I get it delivered because I know myself and I know that I will starve to death before I carry home two Trader Joe's bags at one time. One bag in each hand? Absolutely not. I would rather go into the forest and hunt and gather. I would rather go foraging myself. Immediate, immediate no. I don't carry heavy things. I'm a girl. I don't, I don't carry heavy things. I don't drink black coffee. I don't drink dark liquor. I don't keep up with sports. I don't fix electronics myself. I don't pick up heavy things. It's just my lifestyle. You don't like that? You don't like women. Hi, welcome to misogyny. Welcome to the patriarchy. You're obsessed with it. You're in love with the patriarchy. Also, maybe this will help. Maybe this is just the Libra in me. And I don't normally believe in astrology, but I do believe in like I... I'm a very aesthetically focused person as a Libra. And that's truly like my main quality. It's the main thing affecting my lifestyle. I... Who has those squeaky brakes outside? Disgusting. Um, I'm very aesthetically focused. Someone could... Do, like the U.S. military, if they had like cute enough outfits... If they had cute enough uniforms, oh my god, I'm not going to say they could recruit me. But Cadet Kelly was a good movie, and that's for good reason. Aesthetics are everything. You know, I'm a lot more likely to unload the dishwasher if it's filled with champagne flutes than if it's filled with just regular old cups. That's just the kind of lifestyle I live. So embrace aesthetics. Like, I like doing work now that I have a very cute keyboard. It is so not functional. Like I literally have to put things under the back of it because it's like flat instead of the keys in the back being higher than the keys in the front. It is that just not, what's the word? Ergonomic? It's ergonotmic. But it looks like the keys look like candy. They look like Smarties or something. And I'm like, maybe working is fun. That's how easy it is to trick me. That's how simple it is. Embrace the drama. Especially if it's something that you really don't want to do, embrace the drama of not wanting to do it. Turn it into like more of a movie scene. Like when I do laundry and I haul that Ikea bag of laundry over my shoulder, I'm like, wow, I'm an overworked single mother in a lifetime movie. My husband just left me. And I have to take care of the kids all by myself. Truly an acting feat for me. No one in the world has a more fortunate responsibility to man ratio in their life. The opposite of a single mother. 
I also like to just randomly um, pretend I'm, what's her name? Florence Pugh. I wanted to say Fiona Apple for some reason. At the end of Midsummer, where she's like watching her boyfriend burn and she starts off with like the cartoonish frowny face that she does that I love. It's so cute. Um, and then she starts like smiling. She watches him burn. I love just practicing that at random times. Maybe like, you know, as you're doing the dishes. Mid-dish, he starts getting burned. And then, you know, uh, by the time you're drying, you're like, you know what? He was a shitty boyfriend. Let him burn. Burn, baby, burn. These are the types of conversations you should be having with yourself in your head while you do regular things. You can't be doing something regular on the outside and on the inside. Something's got to give, right? Another thing I try to do, I mean, this is just like my life motto in general, but always see what you can get away with. And here's what I mean. First of all, I recently read that book. This is humiliating to admit. I recently read that You Are a Badass book. I'm sorry. (laughs) Literally a vile thing to admit. I broke into like a cold sweat and got goosebumps at the same time just admitting that. I feel like I'm in group therapy or something. Someone I admire recommended it. It's cute. It's like it's a brief enough read that I'm like, you know. If you want to read a self-help book, go for it. I didn't love it. Uh, It was very much like my least favorite genre of anything, which is like, what if someone added an extremely small amount of self-awareness to a medium that has long been overdone and cliche? Like, I know, I know people have said all of these words a million times before, But what if they came out of the mouth of someone who doesn't always love doing yoga and they say bad words sometimes? How groundbreaking is that? How earth shattering is that? I'd almost rather someone be like, you know, get into your flow, look into the mirror and say, I love my vagina, whatever like regular classic self-help books say. I almost prefer that. It's shameless. Something about, like, the millennial, like, Yas Queen, you are a badass. Yas Queen, you can do anything, and you can become spiritual AF. Align those chakras, Queen. Yas, kill me. It's like the Deadpool of self-help books. By the way, unrelated, but I am... Like, declaring war on Ryan Reynolds. I genuinely, like, I think the Deadpool series, the movie series, and I haven't seen any of it. You can't expect that much from me. But I do think that it has had, like, the the biggest negative societal impact since the Industrial Revolution. I think it's horrific. I hate, I hate the whole, like, this is overdone bullshit, but we're calling it overdone bullshit. And yes, we're using that bad word. Ugh. That gives me the heebie-jeebies. Happy Halloween. Anyway, there were like a few parts of that book that I liked. My favorite part, of course, the author at one point was just like, just use seeing what you can get away with as a goal-setting strategy. You know? Just be like, let's see if I can get away with like 
I don't know, writing a book, making a TikTok, <laughs> something so hard like making a TikTok. Can I possibly get away with it? <laughs> no, I really can't. But see what you can get away with in terms of like, especially like I dread replying to emails, but what makes it more fun for me is when I just sneak like something in there that just has like a 5% chance of offending or confusing the receiver. I've emailed Kat Marnell, shout out, several times to be on my podcast. <laughs> She's not agreed. But the way she signs off her emails is literally like XOXO Kat. And I've started like with actual work emails being like XOXO Serena. Like I will be waiting on your reply with bated breath. Just, just see what you can get away with. That's the fun in life. And if you can't get away with it, even better. Now you have a story. See if the lady at the laundromat can believe that you're Australian. Do I want that jacket dry cleaned? Nar. Nar. That's what life is all about. Aesthetics. Drama. Seeing what you can get away with. And destroying Ryan Reynolds. Who works for the CIA. I'm willing to say it. That's been an official accusation. Anyway... That's all I have for all of you today. It's getting late. I don't want to make my, my roommate mad. I don't, want, I don't want to make her mad. But thank you all for listening. I will be answering more of your advice questions next podcast app. As always, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at GlamDemon2004. You can also follow the podcast Instagram at LetMeRuinYourLifePod. And you can DM, comment, Whatever, tweet at me, write me wax sealed letters telling me what you want me to talk about, what questions you want me to answer, what problems you want me to solve, whether it be yours through advice or whether it be societal. And I will make sure to do that. Easy peasy. Simple for a girl like me. Could do it with my eyes closed. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. <laughs> no, you hang up first. Oh my God. Nope. No, you hang up first. You're crazy. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye, gorgeous. Bye. Kiss, kiss.